All right, all right, all right. What's going on, everybody? My name is Asmi Hongos. I'm a photographer and web video producer. Uh, and in this podcast, before we get started, I just want to give a big thanks to uh, Nick from uh, Nick and Jack from the Robin Hood Snacks podcast. Uh, he liked my tweet, replied to me, uh, was a sport about it. And, um, you know, when you're making content, you think if anybody's actually watching and then someone who's on a different scale than you notices it and it's just like those it's those little glimpses of hope that you're like whoa this is moving in a great and positive way so just uh you know it's just one of those things man so just just wanted to get that out of the way uh, go listen go listen to robin hood snacks um i personally enjoy it because I love tech and I, I love learning every aspect of it from, you know, business to research and development to anything that involves it. And I, I think learning the stock market really is just another fundamental way of understanding something that you love. So go and check it out. We'll be in the show notes. All right, let's get started then. Uh, welcome back. What we're going to be talking about today, two podcasts in a row, uh, two, two for two, two for two. Um, it is... Uh, another day where people are voting, so hopefully we're going to strive away from that. And then I'm putting this sock over my mic in hopes of it being better. And uh, so, so far, so good, you know. I was listening to the... to Okay, okay. First and foremost, the topics. Why Joe Rogan is so successful at his podcast. Um, next, uh, thank you, Nick and Jack. I already did that. And then next, Apple's next camera. This is really exciting, um, and and I think I think it really is the start of another megapixel war. We're going to talk about Tesla's one millionth car, and um, sort of talk about their marketing strategy. I think I've talked about this before, but I, I started looking more into it, and uh, like a whole bunch of memories came back. Uh, because I don't know, like it just, are we stuck in a Silicon Valley bubble where we think Tesla's doing Startup Spangled Awesome in this one area? And I'm not saying it's not an unbelievable achievement. It really is 1 million cars, man. That's, that's, that's very like impressive to the Tesla team and anybody that works there. But uh, I'm just going to try to like, you know, analyze a little bit further. So the first story, I'm going to dive right into it. Um, his Apple's next camera this is by Michael, Michael, Michael Zhang, I believe this is on Petapixel where you can get all your best photography news. If you're a photographer with a T2i, T2i is the entrance point. <laughs> That's how you get into this. Um, so just some basic bulletin points. I think this, you know, I'm still trying to figure out the format of how this is going to work, but, uh, these are some just basic bulletin points. The biggest thing that I saw here is a 64 megapixel sensor. Uh, it's going to be a giant jump from their original 12 megapixel sensor. I mean, we've we've had 12 megapixels for forever, so that's a nice upgrade. It's going to be a Sony sensor uh, based on what I saw and based on the article. Uh, we're we're going to sort of dive more into that later on. And it's going to have a nice, nice f1.6 to f1.7. That's really interesting to me. 
Uh, and it's on the wide lens. Like, the wide lens is the best lens. Like, no doubt about it. So, go, and from 2 to 4, from 2.4 to 1.6, it's like a pretty good jump. Uh, and then it's going to have better battery. It's supposed to have 10% better battery, which is great, you know, because it's going to have a smart HDR display. Speculation, speculation. Once again, these are all speculations. And 120 gigahertz. We all know this is the year of the gigahertz for some reason. Still don't see the big deal about it, but uh, maybe maybe I'll change my. I, I was gonna make that the 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 slogan for this podcast. I'm allowed to change my mind because you know, like so much changes so fast in the world of tech. So let's start off with those 64 megapixels. We already saw the Samsung decided to jump from 108 mega from like 100 mega. They're at 108 megapixels, right? It's easy to see that, and we've seen the images. They look fantastic, well-saturated, well-calibrated. And now Apple is deciding to jump into this at tw- going from 12. 12 is not a big number. I can count the 12 with my fingers. Um, to 64. This isn't just doubling. This isn't just tripling. This is like quadrupling it. That's insane. And... I, I, I think I made a I either made a video or a podcast. See, you make so much content. I have loads and loads. I'm just kidding. I don't have that much content out there, but um, I have a pretty good amount. Uh, but this is a pretty significant jump. Usually, I think Apple really understands that it's not all about the megapixels. It's always about the sensor and how it's going to perform. And uh, I think that the best choice that they made here was going with Sony, the Sony sensor, because we've seen what they're able to do in the aspect of low light, which I think Apple is now aiming for in a bigger way. Because if you saw, there was a low light uh, photo contest that they held and the pictures that people were taking with low light was incredible. Like I looked at this and I just thought, whoa, like if you showed me this five years ago, I thought I would have thought that this was like a DSLR. But, like, they were astounding. Like, I love the colors, the way they looked. And the low-light photos were like, whoa, what year are we in? And I think that's, it's not 100, it's not in the triple digits. It's in the double digits still. But it's a a big jump. What could you possibly want? Why why would you want that, right? To aim for that better low-light performance, to make sure that, People that are using it are not taking even better photos at night. You got that 24 round, 24-7 beautiful photo. And I think that's the biggest reason that you would want bigger megapixels. Uh, to have better performance, better dynamic range. But it, it, I, I don't feel like it's just going to be, we may, we got more megapixels, right? That's, that's what, what could they be hiding that is um, going to be needed of these bigger megapixels the more of these megapixels um i think i was i was checking out the podcast yesterday too you know i i I look back at my work every day and i keep on saying um so i'm gonna try to slow down the ums until i get an editor like uh like yeah i'm gonna try to say stop saying so much um because i know it's i i cut it out of a lot of my video i'm pretty sure everybody does but back to the story F one point F two point F two point four. I can't read my own handwriting. F two point four 
to f 1.7. I think we've seen this in quite a few cameras and the big the the one thing it, it's really great to have a lower f-stop especially when it comes to the, like the wide photo right i think that's wide portraits are really really awesome but, but uh, before we figure before we get a, a smaller aperture i think another concern that we should be moving forward is making sure that both cameras are the same quality because i've seen enough photos where it's the wide versus just the regular standard photo and you can clearly tell that the standard photo has been there forever with the standard focal length looks way better and if you push it in software like photoshop and lightroom and you copy the same edit you can clearly tell which one's different from the main camera so i i'm a fan of low f-stops low apertures trust me i only shoot at f1.4 all the time but companies, y'all got to get on the other ball. Like, make sure that both lenses are at the same quality. All right? That's, that's, I'm just saying. I've been at this for a while. I do this research. I know what's happening here. And that's one, that's one of our complaints. Uh, so, there goes another one. <clears throat> Bigger battery. I think this is great. And the, the article somewhere in here uh said that this would only be for the pro like the the highest end which i think is fine i will link it down in the show notes so you guys can tell me i'm wrong or not i think it's it's fine i'm i mean it'll come to the lower entry iphone later on but i think it's it's better to have a better bigger battery uh, i think it's just going to take way more processing power more people are shooting in 4k now so it's really needed especially if you're gonna have the bigger phone smart hdr i thought this was i've seen a few of them on the on the show floor the show floor i mean best buy or target whenever i go to target and and i can actually tell the difference you know like i'm just like oh like look at the shadows look at the highlights look at the contrast it's like whoa this looks so good like h and i don't mean hdr like we saw in 2010 2014 where it's like this is just bumped up clarity to the max what are you what are you doing uh it's like wow this looks beautiful like this is amazing the colors look vibrant accurate everything's good so i think i've seen this on the ipad i don't think the ipad okay, okay i'm gonna stop talking about that one because i don't know but HDR, smart HDR looks amazing nowadays. So I'm hoping that they do something phenomenal. Uh, they're probably going to call it like True Tone or True HDR. What the hell do they call it? Okay, I'm not going to. I'm going to cut that one out for the. You know what? It doesn't matter. Anyways, uh, 120 gigahertz. I think that's also the reason why a bigger battery is needed. You know, I don't think Apple would want to kill a good performing battery. Or 120 gigahertz so i guess they're just compensating but all this to me looks like a great step forward the the best thing for me i would say is a sensor like sony sensors are great low light is going to be great and that's always one of been kind of been one of my annoyances with it but it's 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 doing great it's heading in the right direction just make sure that both ultra wide and regular wide 
standard wide <laughs> medium, you know, is just up to par. Like, all the lenses just really need to be up to par at this point. So, yeah, get on that one, Apple. Or every, like, basically any phone manufacturer. Next is uh, Tesla's one millionth car. So, this was amazing. I think I was on that tweet within, like, the first few hours. Days, maybe. I forgot. And Elon showed it on Twitter. Uh, this one's by John Porter. I got my info from on The Verge. And the company sold it. Uh, the company said that it would like to ship out five, 500k units by the end of 2020. Uh, it really isn't some of the highlights of the article, you know, is what I'm reading off of. Uh, that it's an impressive fleet for the United States. And it reminded me that the Model Y is shipping out this this uh, this year. Uh, so, <clears throat> first let's talk about the accomplishment. This is really, really insane. One, because it's an electric car, it's the best electric car, it's a car no one thought was going to sell. And it's selling like hotcakes. And one million cars. You know, other companies produce gas-guzzling cars, like 10 million a month. The loser car companies, like... BMW and Porsche, 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 you know, all the loser of car companies, you know, it's all about Tesla, you know, I have a bias, you guys, you know, I have a bias towards this company, it's, it's the company of the future, and I will say, yeah, impressive fleet, 500k, that's a pretty good amount, like, do it, okay, there's a lot of factors determining whether tesla is gonna be able to ship 500k you know with everything that's been going on uh and and one of the biggest openings it, for the gigafactory is in china you know so you know what's going on there i don't need to mention it i'm, I'm getting kind of sick of hearing it from everybody so and this is a tech podcast guys we're not we're not here to cover like it's stuff that we hear all the time i'm just trying to give you guys a break that's all i'm saying like oh man something that isn't political or otherwise but yeah like i do have faith that they'll do it like it's an it's very achievable the way that they're working they're building more gigafactories i think earlier just like a few minutes ago i thought that they were gonna there was gonna be another gigafactory being built in the united states let me check twitter because that's the only place you can truly trust elon um uh, scouting location for Cybertruck Gigafactory will be Central US. So that was tweeted uh, 512-310-2020. Uh, and underneath that, he says model Model Y productions for East Coast too. So that's really phenomenal. So I don't, I think 500K in the United States is very achievable if we have those, uh, if we have those Gigafactories here. Three Gigafactories is a good amount. I want to say 2020, maybe like 2021, Q3 of 2021, it seems more, you know, more doable in terms of, you know, the United States, around the world, I think, you know, China and the European Union are doing a lot better in the aspect of, you know, like climate change is real, we're going to hop on there, they're offering a lot of incentives, so I think... By 2022, speculation, 
It's a podcast. I try to do as much research by myself. I think by 2022, like this is, they're going to be selling like 2 million every two quarters if if everything goes well. And I'm just an optimist for this company. So I'm really hoping for the best when it comes to the numbers and the adaptability. And the Model Y, guys, like, I feel like it's like the, the, the mistake child. Not in a bad way. It just, hmm, how do I put this? Like, sedans are the most popular car nowadays. Like, minivans are not as hot as they used to be. I can't believe I just, that came out of my, were minivans ever hot? Uh, okay, what's going on here? Hello? Okay. See, I don't know what's up with GarageBand. It's giving me all these problems. Um, but I don't, yeah, sorry about that, guys. <clears throat> GarageBand keeps on giving me problems. I don't know why I'm not more excited about the Model Y. Again, Mo- the Model Y is like the unwanted child. Like, Model S, super sexy. First electric car to be that sexy. Model, uh, Model X, beautiful car, has the wing, the wing doors. Hard to like the Falcon wings. Hard to like stare away from it. Model 3. Uh, Model 3, what else you got to say about it? It's like the most popular electric car. The car that every Prius owner trades in to uh, to make sure that they're saving the environment. And then there's Model Y, which feels like a combination of the, the, the 3 and the Y. I mean the 3 and the X. So, I don't know, like, like I, I maybe I'm not just the, the right demographic. Personally, I would go with an X or a 3, but it's just not very, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm just not excited. Even the Cybertruck was like, whoa, like, this is like really, first is really bizarre. I thought, honestly, I thought it was like, what am I looking at? But it's growing on me. I like it. Very interesting design choice. But I don't know. Like I'm not as in like interested in the Model Y. Um, I don't know. See, I don't sound that excited. So, moving on to answering a question from Nick and Jack, which they were go- talking about, you know, electric cars, and saying if they built one of the the question was like, did people even ask for electric cars? And their question was like revolving around the term if they will if they if you build it they will come right uh end quote yeah every everybody's heard that you know if you build it they will come i think it's like a i forgot what reference i want to say star wars i I forgot who who said that quote um and you know i really thought about this like and i did a, a bit of research in terms of disposable income you know very economic terms First, I thought about Silicon Valley, right? I see them everywhere around here. It's just like the standard, um, it's just like the standard luxury symbol, like the status symbol, right? Very common. I see it everywhere. So I'm just like, hmm, it's it's really great, right? But what what about like places in Texas where they're like trying to ban electric cars and being unsellable, right? And like, it's... It, like, are they just selling really well in California? Are they selling really well everywhere else? 
and I thought about their advertisement too. And you know, his strategy is have no Elon strategies have no advertisement, which is it's cool for millennials, but I, like who has the disposable income, right? It's mostly like older folks, like the boomers and Gen X. They definitely have the disposable income, but definitely like the baby boomers. And I'm pretty sure most of Gen X still watches TV and watches the commercials. Like who, like what's mostly on TV is like car commercials, gas car commercials. And that's a little concerning, you know, like, oh, you still think of a car with like gas and electricity. I mean, gas and, like, a bunch of sounds, right? Oh, that one peaked again. Shoot. But to me, a car is now electric. Like, I think of car. Like, I feel like a chimp when I'm I'm driving my car. Like, what? This thing still runs on fuel? I'm killing my planet? And, uh, you know, it's that's like the people who have money at the end of the day, right? Baby boomers and Gen X have more disposable income. And who's mostly on TV? The gas, the gas companies, right? Like, like your Dodge Rams and your Ford Focuses and uh, whatever else. All the bad cars, basically. So, I get what they're trying to do. But I think at some point, this, this strategy can only hold out for so long. And maybe in the future, right? Like, millennials are picking up more jobs. But are we spending it on stuff that's going to boost up the economy and transition faster to renewable energy because i don't we're not owning homes right we are owning cars but we're not owning homes so it's just like a like a rabbit hole of questions i do like the strategy of zero money sometimes i think it's cool and rebellious but also i'm just thinking about who has a disposable income and it's definitely not the millennials and um I'm not an advocate for buying a new car. Like, I, I think buying a new car is the worst financial investment you can make in your 20s. So, you hear my thoughts. It's just like a like a double-edged sword. You can't win. You, I, I mean, he is winning. Elon is winning. But he could be winning more if he was willing to put a bit... Of, maybe later on down the line is my thought. Because this guy does not do anything without taking the first principle approach. And hopefully all the words that I said came out correct because, you know, I'm, I'm just seeing this from like, whoa, like I live in Silicon Valley. So it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like it's it totally makes sense. Everyone's buying this car. Right. But it, I mean, just think about other places that don't share the same views as California does. Right. So hopefully that made you think at least my rambling made you think uh, last question. I mean, last question. Last thing I want to talk about, and this is like one of those podcasts where I'm going to just ramble on about a topic that, that I just find really interesting. You know, it's it's uh, it's my podcast. I can do whatever I want. And my podcast is going to be talking about other podcasts, which I don't even have to introduce anymore uh, because it's the Joe Rogan podcast, the Ellen of men. <laughs> I, I met a guy in an Uber once. And he's like, you know what? I feel like every dude listens to the Joe Rogan podcast. And it's just like, the best way to describe it is like, the Ellen of men. I was just like, oh yeah, that, that makes sense. And I'm just like, oh, I've been calling that ever since. It's, it's really true. It's just like, 
And I wanted to not only dive into it and, and talk about some of my favorite episodes, but also like what makes it so successful? Like you look at it, like when I heard about it, of course, the, the, the first time I personally heard about it was when Elon was going to get on it, right? And uh, I think he just tweeted the link. He's like, I'm alive. And it's like, and uh, I think this is when I first started getting into who Elon Musk was. I read his book, his autobiography. And then he's like, oh, I'm alive. So I checked it out. I'm like, holy shoot. This is like a really good podcast. Like, let's analyze what makes his podcast like successful, right? So the the first thing that I noticed, right, is that freaking pink shirt. Oh man, that pink shirt stood out. Some I didn't know any of Joe's background. I don't know who he was, what he did. I just knew he was like that bald headed uncle you have. <laughs> That's like really funny because he's bald. <laughs> like, yeah, he he's that uncle. Uh, but from the start. I was there from beginning to end, watching from beginning to end. I was there at that moment where Elon smoked that blunt. Or, actually, he didn't even inhale. But I was like, huh, this was good, right? And that was it. And then the the YouTube algorithm, I think afterwards, like a few days afterwards, I think MKBHD was on there. And I'm just like, whoa, this is really good. And then I just went down the rabbit hole, like... I think this is where my fascination with with podcasts began because I'm just like, whoa, this is really nice long form content. I was really getting annoyed of not long, like really short content. I guess at some point it's just like, hmm, and just cutting it. And then with the news, I think the news is the biggest place where I'm just like, mm, they're not, definitely not saying enough. Like there's, you know, you, I think any editor can tell you that the power is in the edit. Like, that's, that's where it's at, right? So seeing this long-form content on Joe Rogan was like, whoa, this dude is letting everybody talk. And I just kept on going down the rabbit hole of, like, interesting guests. At the start, I think I just based it off the like and dislike ratio. I didn't care who it was, but he's he's really introduced me to, like, a lot of really great people. And I've heard a lot of different opinions and it's really changed the way I, I think, right? Like, that's that's sort of the, like the educational aspect that I've gotten out of it. Like, I've like he's recommended a lot of great books, had a lot of great guests. Um, my one of my like Elon, clearly number one, easy peasy on that one. Um, who do I think is number two? I think Jordan Peterson would be number two. I, after I saw his podcast, the podcast with him, I think that was one of the best podcast like oh like who is this man and you learn about him and you learn like oh oh like like if i was in college i think i would have seen it differently but being out of college is like oh like you you learn who he is right like who jordan peterson is and i think what i at that point i was like what joe allows the i think the biggest thing the biggest thing that will never be able to be replicated by an advertiser is the fact that there is no agenda. Like, okay, we all know Joe, quote, DMT, quote, Rogan, right? Like, we all see those comments, right? Like, Joe, 
have you tried DMT Rogan, Joe? Uh, have you seen the chimpanzee with the bow and arrow Rogan? Like, all of these, like, they come because he just, he has no agenda. He has politicians on there. He's had Bernie and Tulsi. And it's like, he's just letting them freaking talk, yo. Like, what's the agenda? The agenda is get on here, talk to me. Uh, I'm going to have some really freaking funny questions. I'm going to ask you like some bizarre questions. But hey, 95% of this is I'm going to let you talk. It, you know, it has its hits and misses. It It does. He's not a perfect, and that's the thing, right? He isn't a perfect human being. He doesn't try to act like one. One of my favorite quotes from him is, I'm not married to anything. I'm not married to any of my ideas. I'm only married to my wife. And I, I think we could all really take that approach. But his style is, I don't have any agendas. I don't, I'm not gonna, I'm not here to tell you. I'm not here to tell you anything. I'm not here to, get a soundbite out of you i'm not here to i like smear you like he's just like he's just a bro at the end of the day and i think that's what that's part of what makes it special one two is like like who he brings on right like jordan peterson very controversial person uh, but he also has like people I, i never heard of people that just pique his interest right uh let me let me see who was it was like that guy that's trying to clean up the oceans I thought that guy was really interesting. I think his name's uh I forgot his name. Shoot. Thank God for uh thank God for uh having a phone right in front of me. But that's also the appeal, right? What what is what is his you know his need is I'm just a student. I'm just a student at the end of the day and that's it. Oh. Boy and slap. Slat, B-O-Y-A-N, Slat. Hopefully I'm saying that. I get my name chopped all the time. Sorry, bro. But I was I was like, who is this guy? And it's like some dude trying to clean up the ocean. You're not going to get that on mainstream television or from, uh, like, there's really short, great, great short videos. But you're not going to get, like, like not to sound mean, but everyone would be like, who, who cares about that guy? Uh, clearly we should care about that guy, protect that guy at all costs. But it's like, th- there it is. Second, he's always a student. He's never a master. He never claims to be an expert on anything. So, one, no agendas. Two, what was two? I just said it. <laughs> Guys, it's been a long day. I- I'm feeling a bit, a bit like, not, I think it's just, you know, daylight savings. Freaking daylight savings. Two, uh, always a student, never a master. Three, I think, you know, he's like, he's just a bro. Three is just being a bro. Like, you, you know, like, that comes with its, you know, bad podcast. I think one of my least favorite podcasts was the Alex Honnold one after he climbed uh, El Capitan. Like, I, I think you should, you know, being part of, part of being a student is ignoring your homework. And I think I, I really like Alex. I already know who he was because the movie had gotten so much praise and what what he done was like incredible. Like it's never been done by a human being and that's an incredible accomplishment. But you, you went in there and I'll just say 
it wasn't a very good podcast and i feel like joe could have done a much better job at knowing what he done and how he done it and i don't recall if he watched the documentary but that's one of the hit or miss podcasts that i i'm just like mm, you could have done a better job but it doesn't like it doesn't bug me right like he'll say like it's sometimes it's hard to get in here and just do this right like he does it so consistently so rules have no agendas and that's impossible for everybody to have right like these big mainstream companies that want to have his level of attention they will never be able to accomplish that two always a student never a master three be a bro like at the end of the day that's who he is uh, and four i think uh, i think what you know i've said i think let's see what i say jordan peterson uh the the guy who wrote the coddling the, of the american mind uh mr Had- oh, i think what is his name i was about to say hadid like Bella Hadid, coddling the American mind. Uh, Hadid, uh, Jonathan Hadid. Oh, I think that's why I was confusing it. But this this guy this guy is also one of my favorites on the podcast, and it's it's just you know he's just being a bro. He's letting them talk, and when someone introduces a new concept, he doesn't go at it to me at least it doesn't feel like he's going into it with i know everything like why would i want to change my mind he's like okay whatever i'm I'm open to this to this idea and it's and i think that's that's something i've learned from him you know just like okay what do you what do you have to show me and i not in that tone but it's like okay what do you have to show me like what's going on What, what, what are we talking about today and that's like the that's like one of the best approaches to taking it. And I, I've just learned so much from this dude letting other people talk. And like, I, I mean, why is that so hard? Like, is it because of airtime? Like, the, and that's just one one viewer's, you know, uh, approach to the Joe Rogan podcast. Like, be a bro. I mean, number one, have no agendas. Two, always a student, never a master. Three, be a bro. And four, just be open. I think I, I don't even remember what I just said. I'm recording my own podcast. But but you get my tips, right? Like, I just really admire what he's done, the amount of people that he... And another thing, it's consistency. The, the people that he's brought on, right? Like, I feel like it, this dude has allowed me to change my mind so many times and so many different... Like, it's just like, whoa, like dude, I just started watching a podcast. Like, it was just like one video and I got sucked into it and I watched more. But it, it's that and patience, man. Like the level of dedication. He just has a huge backlog too. Like that's sort of an advantage with time. But you look at it and you look at the evolution and he has his catchphrases. Like it's totally possible. Like it's entirely possible, Rogan. And it's like, like that's it. Like, and it's... I don't think there will ever be another Joe Rogan in this form factor because he's just such a dude. Like he just, he's not married to his ideas. And I I think that's very difficult for a lot of people. Like I think before, like if I had not seen that first Elon podcast, I feel like I would be a different person because the pod, this podcast is so great. 
and uh, yeah, like guys, it's it's an unrep it's it's lightning in a bottle at the end of the day. Like this this podcast, the Joe Rogan podcast, is just lightning in a bottle, and whoever I mean, you can try to replicate it, but it is an amazing podcast, and I've tried to dissect this. I'm just like, what? Like this this what I what I what I'm trying to say is like you you as an audience don't know that you're in a hypnosis watching this podcast or watching the Joe Rogan podcast it's like because he's a comedian he knows like like in comedy it's like a hypnosis right like you're guiding people you're making sure that everything's correct and in the right place and he's accomplished that as well in a podcast format not not for three hours straight but like there's these nuggets where he has the same conversation but it's like kind of a different conversation with like the different person and i think that's one of the that's one of the great things like that's really being a a master of words right like well you're 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 saying the same thing but differently you're saying it differently 50 times politicians would love to have that stuff but i like I'm just like, well, you're like, what is going on? Like your, your content is great. And uh, I think that's enough of me rambling on. Uh, I got to go watch the Joe Rogan podcast to be, <laughs> to be quite honest. And, uh, you know, what? two days in a row, two podcasts in a row, I'm trying to keep you guys updated with all, you know, everything between the tech space to just what I'm watching to, you know, whatever comes inside my mind when it comes to this podcast. So, again, tweet at me. Uh, let me know. Like, I just want to say that I'm allowed to be wrong when it comes to... I try to do my research. Like, I think I've said that every podcast since I started doing podcasts again. Is, guys, I'm only one person. Like, I'm, I try to research as hard as possible every single story. And I will be wrong. But let me know if I am wrong or if you share a different opinion. Uh, you can always leave a voicemail via Anchor. Uh, let's see, or you can tweet at me. Uh, you know, everything's down in the in the show notes. And I always try to give credit to the journalists and everybody in between. You know, because I've uh, you know been been a photographer for a long time, and when people don't give you credit, it sucks. So yeah, let me know what you thought, your opinions, your whatever. Again, thank you, you know, Nick, for replying to my pod, to my uh, not my pod, my tweet. Meant a lot. So. At the end of the day, I just I thank you so much for your time and your attention. My name is Isaac Mihangos, and I'll catch you in the next one.